1: This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Zach Barnett, footballscoop.com, one of my favorite guests to have. And Zach, uh, let's talk about it right off the bat. As a radio guy myself, anytime that the ticket launches a new thing or somebody gets a gig at the ticket, it's a big deal. Uh, It is, you know, the... uh, the kind of – I don't want to say it's not the complete founding home, but they were pioneers in the in the way of sports talk radio, so everything's always interesting. Congratulations on your new show on Saturdays on the Ticket.
0: Thank you very much, Paul. I appreciate that. You know, I've been uh, I've been listening to the Ticket for close to 25 years now, and so to, to be a, a small part of that team is – honestly, it, it, it's overwhelming. So the fact that this is actually happening has been – A dream come true.
1: So how can people listen to that show if they want to? I mean, we have a national audience. They can tune in and stream it. So let them know where they can find it.
0: Yeah, so we're on 10 to noon, uh, central time, obviously, uh, on days when uh, SMU doesn't play at 11. So Mm -hmm. that's the asterisk. Mm -hmm. But we'll be on 10 to noon uh, tomorrow. Uh, You can listen to us on the, the sports day, dfw app sports day dfw download that and you'll be able to tune us in live
1: there you go uh and zach uh there's this is schedule wise and i know that in prepping for your show tomorrow and, and doing collins this week you know that this is not the week that next week is which is it's it's like an all-you-can-eat buffet of unbelievable games next saturday uh that we have this week is more of a we'll call it a transitional week in the schedule uh so Naturally, some of the the stories that pop up are kind of ridiculous, like the sunglasses thing, or kind of more interesting. In we talked about early, uh, Jalen Milrow not going to start. Tyler Buckner is against USF. Where do you think Nick Saban is on this? Because I don't think he has a panic meter like everybody else does, but on the concern level of how this season's going to to go.
0: Um, I I, I don't think Nick is concerned at all. I think I think he to continue coaching with how rich he is and, and how full his title case is, you have to love, you know, I'm gonna borrow one of his words, the process and, and getting into the, the the dirt and the grime with every team and, and seeing what problems arise and then solving those problems. So you know, I, I think a season like twenty nineteen where they didn't make the playoff but you had to navigate two of the three was probably more satisfying or just as satisfying as 2020 when they, they mowed everyone down to the national championship. So that's a long way of saying I think uh, I, I think if, if Tyler Buckner goes out and plays well, he'll be happy. If Tyler Buckner does not go out and play well, um, he'll roll his sleeves up and continue tinkering to find a solution. Um, if Buckner doesn't play well, uh, you, I, you could maybe see Jalen Milrow back in there. Uh, No one seems enamored with Ty Simpson, the former five-star that's been there a couple years. Now, uh, Dylan Longergan, I'm sure I'm saying his name on the true freshman, seems to be the most talented uh, quarterback in in Crimson right now, although it always seems to be the case that everyone falls in love with the freshman quarterback. Uh, So I guess we'll have to wait and see there. But I I think this is a – I don't think he's panicked at all, and I, I think he has plans on plans on plans if it doesn't work out.
1: Do you think that the transfer portal has nibbled into the SEC more than maybe even their coaches expected?
0: I think that's fair. Um, I mean, you look at uh, – you, you know, it, it's easy to say, well, um, the, the the SEC, it's a warning sign because so many transfers are starting, uh, but the Pac-12 is thriving. It's just about every uh, good quarterback in that conference is a transfer. So I don't think necessarily the fact that they're playing – transfers is the problem it's just they they didn't seem to get any of the good ones like Graham Mertz basically lost his job at Wisconsin uh Peyton Thorne uh I guess was a starter at Michigan State but wasn't ever you know he didn't exactly light the world on fire and he had uh, Keon Daniels, Coleman Daniels yeah uh, they didn't get Keon Coleman exactly Keon Coleman's a, a seminal and not a, not a not a gator not a crimson tide uh Jane Daniels I think is is pretty good to uh, so, the, the best quarterback in that conference is probably K.J. Jefferson. So, uh, I guess in that light, it's not surprising that they're underperforming. Uh,
1: the Jay Norvell, Deion Sanders, sunglass fight, uh, which here's why I think it's silly for Jay Norvell. He is trying to beat Dion in his own game. And if it works, then I'll back off what I've said all week and say, hey, great move. You distracted Deion Sanders. But... This seems to have worked out. Dion can take lemons and make lemonade out of them, really, really well. And I don't, I don't know what Jay Norvell was thinking. So, where's, where's your stance on all that?
0: Yeah, it, it seems like if uh, the writers had written this line for him to prop himself up to look like a fool, because I can't imagine. Uh, I mean, this is just the most kindergarten thing to try and get under Dion's skin. He he wears his hat and sunglasses too much, like. That's the the lamest attempt at at smack talk out there. I'm sure there's, there's lines that he could have said to actually get under Dion's skin. If that was his goal. Um, You know, there's, there's questions about how much does Dion really care about his players? Is he in this for himself? You know, is he going to be gone from Colorado at the first opportunity? You know, he could have gone in, in, in that toward down that road and probably uh, actually drawn some blood from Dion, but this was just a pathetic attempt. And, uh, if, if, if Colorado State plays like Jay Norvell, smack talks, it's going to be 70 nothing at halftime. Uh,
1: yeah, I, I, absolutely. Uh, all right, Zach, what is the sneaky good game of this weekend that we, we've already kind of talked about comparatively is a bit of a dud when it comes to, to big-time matchups?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I heard as you said at the start, and you're, you're absolutely right, Paul, and it's especially a dud in this area because everybody had big games. Uh, last week, so basically everybody's taking this week off except for uh, TCU Houston, but uh, the game that I'm going to have my eye on that I probably wouldn't otherwise is is K-State-Missouri. I know everybody's down on Missouri because they barely beat Middle Tennessee last week, and K-State looked really good uh, against Troy and and a really solid win by almost 30 points, but um, if if I if I'm taking one upset, it's it's Mizzou over K-State. Mizzou's been really good at home Really good against the spread at home. Uh, They nearly beat Georgia at home last year when no one saw them doing that. So that's the one that I'm going to have on my clicker.
1: (laughs) Mizzou Mizzou needs something, too. Like, they need a a juicy win for Eli Drinkwitz, which is another thing. Like, this one one would be the first one he's been able to get. Like, they, they had Georgia against the ropes last year, and obviously that didn't happen. But they need something like a spark win for him, don't they?
0: Yeah, Mizzou has long been my answer for the hypothetical question that I made up, such as if, if one power five program just stopped playing football and nobody mentioned it at all, like the average, it would take the average college football fan the longest to notice that Mizzou has stopped playing football because they're, they're just in no man's land in the SEC. They have no rival. Uh, their, their only historical significance is crazy losses. Like they just kind of exist. And I, I think. I think they e- they easily get get lost in the in the shuffle, even as an SEC team. So yeah, they they need something to get people's attention.
1: What do you sense is different about this year's version of Texas to the other previous Texas's back versions of Texas?
0: Uh, I mean, I think it's they got really good players and really good coaches, and they have a lot of veteran players uh, that have been playing for the same coaches for three years now. Um, So, I I mean, I think you could chart how many times since 2010 has any single position had the same coach for three years in a row or the same coordinator for three years in a row, and it probably hasn't happened. And, I mean, Steve Sarkeesian is the best offensive coordinator they've maybe ever had. Pete Kwiatkowski is the best defensive coordinator they've maybe ever had. And they have 12 guys that I think are going to at least be in NFL training camps next year, not to mention – uh, you know, guys that could be first-round picks down the line like Calvin Banks and Anthony Hill. And, you know, not to mention, even then, Arch Manning. So, I mean, they, they've got really good players and really good coaches, and they've got a system in place, and they've got belief, and the, the strength coach has been there for three years now. So it's, it it it's surprising only if you haven't been paying attention.
1: You know, um, the um, the saying uh, goes, you can make chicken crap into a chicken salad. They were doing it the other way. You, know, when it came to recruiting for a long time, and yeah, I remember it, like before the draft last year, just seeing kind of the stat of like the play, teams with the most players in the league, and for a long time, the Texas Longhorns would be on that list. And there were just so few over this decade of them where they just had, they just weren't getting guys drafted, especially the last few years of Tom Herman that now, like you mentioned that, they've got 12 guys who are going to be on training camp rosters next year. That is not something that they were able to say during the, the darkest days of this, of this skid.
0: No, I, I think if you trace back to, to 2010, it was, you know, the, the last years of Mac, he was constantly changing coordinators and, changing philosophies, they, they were changing presidents, changing ADs, changing coaches, and you know the, they've got a president on board that's going to be that, you know, is all in behind football and it's going to be there a while. The, the board chairman's all in on football going to be there a while. They got one of the best ADs in, in the uh, country in Chris Del Conte. They, you know, year three under their head coach, year three same offensive system, year three same defensive system, year three same strength and conditioning system, and they've recruited really well, and so If you're recruiting well, but you're constantly changing things within the building, you know, it's going to lead to higher attrition, higher misses. Um, So they've got a foundation in place that can allow, you know, the players that they've recruited to to actually thrive and uh, live up to their billing.
1: Zach Barnett, footballscoop.com. Zach, this has also been a week where, and we had John Bryce uh, on the other day talking. He's done a great job for you guys covering the, the Mel Tucker situation. Um, that's been going on. Um, you know, that is that is such a, a really, I mean, there's so many things about it. Like, it was dumb for Mel Tucker to get involved in it. Um, it was Michigan State, once again, ha- handled this about as poorly as you could. Mark Dantonio is back, even though they seem to forgot why he retired in the first place, which was because of things like this. Um, what is the future for them if they don't get out of their own way?
0: Um, that's a great question. Uh, I mean, the Doug Samuels on our staff is a, a Michigan State guy, and you know he's been clear from the jump that. Mel Tucker is done because, in light of the Larry Nassar scandal that they had there, like there's obviously should be zero tolerance for this sort of behavior from the head coach at any school, but especially Michigan State. And so, yeah, the, the fact that they're trying to paper this over as, um, yeah, we knew about this, but we didn't know about it until the USA Today report. But the investigation's been going since December, and blah blah blah. It, obviously does not paint the picture of an AD in a university that has ducks in a row. And so, um, you know, this could be a situation where it it leads to a a tailspin for the football program, or it could be a situation in the transfer portal where if they go out and make a a great hire, they could have 70 new players with their all their big 10 money and be really good again next year. Like uh, either one of those seems possible. Although the, 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 the latter seems more likely or the former seems more likely than the latter.
1: Zach Barnett, footballscoop.com. Zach, thanks so much for hopping on with me today. Uh, love it when we ever get to talk to you. You guys have a great website, uh, and good luck. Uh, have fun on the show tomorrow. Thank you. All right, Zach Barnett, footballscoop.com, and on the Ticket Sports Day DFW app. So download that. Listen to his show if, you, if you'd if like.